Howdy friends and welcome to the Full Disclosure Farming Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm a business school graduate turned farmer's wife. And I'm Joe. I'm a college dropout with a master's degree from the University of Hard Knocks. Together we run several successful farm and ag businesses. Let's get brutally honest about all the issues facing our generation of farmers and ranchers. What's good, party people? We are here in the podcast room. Yeah, that's neat. That's Sounds a thing. weird to say. Yeah, it was a craft room for almost 14 years. And like 30 hours of crafting happened in it over like eight years. That's being fucking generous. 30? And you think 30? Well, I crafted a lot back in the day. Solid seven. Before JJ. We are here for episode one of the Full Disclosure Farming Podcast. Forgive us as we stumble our way through this experience. I'm not asking for forgiveness. It's going to be a great time. Okay. Well, our topic this week is... How Herpes. No. <laughs> That's your paper says. That's my note. <laughs> how expensive it is to be cheap. And where she came along with that was being a cheapo is, is like herpes. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Being a cheapo. Being a cheapo. The gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's in all aspects of farming and agriculture. Really life. And life, yeah. I mean, there is some things you can... Um, Pendleton whiskey is not one of them, if anybody's asking. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> Clearly not sponsored. Not sponsored by Pendleton. Crown, Crown, Royal, Crown wants to get up in there. here and we'll go for it. So... Um, so one of the biggest things that we like chat about all the time, and it's actually one of my most annoying parts of my daily life, is that me and my dad, we call him Large Joe, are cut from an entirely different cloth. And with that being said, it has bit him in the ass his whole life not spending the extra whatever. Time or Time money. or money to put himself in the right position. But... We also see farms very locally fail because they're they won't spend the extra money to just to, do it to right. do it right not, and to expand in a fifty year. Yeah, we're not talking extravagant level of quality, but just to do things the proper way saves you so much time and money down the road. We've seen it time and time again. So, and I mean, where we could start with this, and always can start with this, is trim packages and trucks. I drive a high country for that. I had an LBZ Duramax with an, it was an LT3. Literally, we'll buy them trucks and drive them for 100,000 miles and they're worth $8,000 less, or sometimes exactly what you paid for them if you're paying attention. Like, I would rather be cautious on the front end and buy a truck at a great price for a quality vehicle then buy something cheap, and then when you wake up in five years and your shit's not worth anything. Right, resale value on shit is shit. Right, resale value on shit is shit. Mm -hmm. Four years of college. <laughs> Didn't cheap out on that, boy. We got all our money's worth out of that deal, huh, honey? It was a state. So, and we see it too now. I mean, especially my wife sees this in bulls. In our business... Believe it or not, a lot of people come talk to me about the bulls or the cows, EPDs and shit like that, and I don't have a fucking clue. So, this is where my wife, Erica, our you know, like she handles this part, and she just did the math on it. So yeah, here before we started, I just made a quick note on bulls. So, 
you typically spend $2,500 on a bowl for the, our example. Not typically. I said you, not we. Oh. Like. Cheap people. Human A, yeah. <laughs> Cheapos. <laughs> yeah, we'll go buy a bowl with a dick and balls. That's it. They just want their cow's bread. But hear me out before you argue with me about it. So you have 50 cows. You're normally spending $2,500 on a bowl. You're going to need two bowls. Probably. If you spend more money on a bowl, on a quality bowl that's going to increase your weaning weights, say by 80 pounds a calf, at weaning you have 4,000 extra pounds of beef to sell. 50 cows times 80 pounds a calf is 4,000 extra pounds to sell. Feeder price at $2 a pound is $8,000 more that bull has earned you in just one year. So even if you have to buy two, which most of us keep a bull for at least two years, if not three, he's paying for himself. This is something that being in New York we find frustrating is there's only a handful of beef producers around that really will understand the investment in a good bull and everybody else just wants their cows pregnant and they don't care what happens after that, but that's silly. But so, to play devil, devil's <laughs> advocate on that, so one of the biggest arguments to buy an equality bull is, what if it dies? So what if it dies? But we, so, so I wanted to speak on that because Blaze. Because ours died. So we bought a, just us, and I mean, he was cheap. He was a very reasonably... It was COVID times, yeah, right? So fifty five hundred. Yeah, I don't and even remember. He was one of the cheaper bulls in the sale, but he was actually one of our top pick, one of my top picks out mm. of the catalog anyway. So it was like a win win. And he was a great bull, but I mean, this dude. So shout out to Beergo Angus. Yeah, Beergo Angus, wonderful job. But this dude, this bull, we named him Blaze. What was because, the dad's name that brought him? Because that night? if you're, uh, what was his dad? If name? your kid's three, Blaze and the Monster Machines is like the cat's ass. Right, but what's the Andy dad? Andy, Andy, and Andy's wife can't remember Marcia. her name. Marsha, like, just decided they want to go on a road trip, and they brought this bull out to us, like, a thousand miles away. It's amazing, and this bull showed up, and and again, she, my, you know, Erica picked the bull out and did all the research, bought the bull in the internet auction, and this bull came here, and so how we breed is IAI for like thirty days, and then we put the bull out for a week. The first year that Blaze bred, he bred 31 cows in seven days. Okay, and that actually caught up with him because he fucked himself to death. He has a libido like you did. <laughs> I never fuck myself. No, that would He's be a horrible. Pussy. Don't do that. He's a pussy. <laughs> He's pussy. got to fight for it. You got to come home at 2 o'clock in the morning from Combine and be ready to rock it. But I, Red Rocket. Um, <laughs> but anyways, no, so... So, back to the bull thing. So, we brought with that bull for one season, right? He died in his second he season. He died midway Two through his second season. So, second season. so she just did this math, and it paid for it on 50 head. But what, what you never even talked about is that the females that that bull produced. Oh, my God. But, I mean, talk about that. I mean, seriously, what, what did they do? I mean, them heifers are in the pasture, and they're slammer heifers. They got maternal instincts. Yeah. They got... You know, I mean, let's go back a generation. Every heifer calf that we kept from Hooch, which is the bull from the year prior. Hua, Angus. Um, yeah, Hua in Colorado. Um, every heifer we've kept from him 
as a first calf heifer, is raising one of the nicest calves in the whole pasture. And I would like to give that credit also. I feel like Hooch's them heifers will not sophomore slump. Like, that's a big problem in our herd is sophomore slump. Right, so they're they're finishing up raising their first calf, and they're trying to breed back, and they're losing body condition, and they're trying to do all three of those things at one time, and it's, it's hard. It's hard on them. We call it the sophomore slump because we lose a few every year that just can't do all three. They mm-hmm. can't maintain condition, keep growing a calf, and, and breed get, back and in pregnant. 50 to 60 days. It's just, it's hard, you know, but... When you call on a quality like that, it just it makes them better and better. So that has been one of the resounding issues on this farm has been what was cheapened on on the front of it, I'm now, we are now paying, paying for. for. and um, Including but not limited to the roofs. Yeah, so I mean, well, and I wouldn't say that that was, I mean, when he... No, I'm just bitter. So, <laughs> so when my dad built these facilities, so the barn burnt, the whole the whole operation burned down in 1992, and when he built them, he had a choice between a Lester and a Morton building, and he went with a Lester because it was cheaper, and we have fucking paid for that over and over again. I mean, I guess if you're from Lester buildings, in my opinion, your buildings are shit. Um, every, and I mean, I, we're best friends, like, with, with a family of building builders, they built my sugar house, and they just walk in there, and, like, you can really tell these people found the cheapest way to make you a kit. To do everything, yeah. And, you know, that's not throwing stones at my dad, I'm just saying, like, there was a reason that these facilities that he built... Were cheaper. Were $200,000 cheaper, is because the fucking buildings were half the building, and... And, I, and he doesn't mean size. He means literally, literally half, half the, quality, the, the life. The you know, they would instead of going a rafter four foot on center, they went ten foot on center, and and then they nailed two rafters together, trusses together, and they're just piss poor quality. And so we had a building half go in because, and then they didn't nail the purlins on top. They used a clip. Because they saved all that in, in large footage of building. Skinny side, right? Yeah, and so it just it just like right now, if it was a Morton or a, a or an, even an Amish built or a, a, any kind of contractor built building, the purlins would be on top. And now we're talking about replacing, you know, fucking purlins, and it just it just it's cost money, and and then we struggle with the tractor thing. You know, I mean, Massey Ferguson tractors have been they're cheap. And their resale value is dog shit. Literally. We, and, I mean, and this has been a Massey family for... So we're actually related really to to the Massey Ferguson dealership. We're actually, they're, they're my, um, dad's the, the, my dad's cousin. And I'm going to tell you right now that that dealership is second to none. In service and quality. Service and quality. The, the people down there, the, the parts guys, the parts guys, mechanics, just incredible, incredible human beings. But where I struggle is, is that I went and bought an 8940 Magnum for 50 grand, and I was being offered a 2012 Massey for 70 grand. So. And the Massey you sold to do that was worth what? 12? 12 grand. That's a shame. So, so, and that's just like one thing that we've like come about where you've bought quality cows. They're still here. They're one of the oldest cows in the group. Now. And I think that, 
Can I buy more cows? No. no. Again, with the poor thing. I honey. know. Being poor sucks. It does suck. <laughs> so our, uh, our mortgage payment is gigundous. And uh, that's a topic we'll touch on another time. We need more drinks for that one because that one's a fucking rough subject. But talk about your customers. I mean, your customers who are... So I'd like to say that the problem maybe is getting better. Or there's a group of people that we sell beef to. For anybody who doesn't know, we sell 75 full steers a year. Freezer trade. Freezer trade. Erica does. I don't. I have nothing to do with it. But I mean, talk about your customers who are willing to pay good money for quality beef. The cheap people are the boomers, but it's not... We, we have like below boomer era people that are buying beef right yeah i think i guess it's a little bit off trend to this expensive and cheap conversation because well i guess it's not because of the quality factor i mean it can sound expensive when i'm asking you to drop a thousand dollars on a quarter of beef but once you eat it you're like oh it makes more sense now but if that quality wasn't there you sure as shit would think that you were being ripped off and regardless, regardless, that's not a word. It's not a good word. We got naked on the floor and wrestled about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even for people who are cheap, to average seven fifty a pound to get local beef to your plate, that's still competitive with the grocery store. So even if you do want to be cheap and cross-reference all your pricing, I, I still have the I still have the store beef. But uh, so. So I have an argument to that, and tell me whether I'm right, wrong, or indifferent. Tires for a truck. Buy good fucking tires that last. Right, but that theory argues your theory. Why? Because people are afraid to come up with $1,500, and they're like, well, I can buy these for 900 And buy them another pair sooner. But that's a whole different... You see what I'm getting at? Like, it's a whole different theory. No. You know what I mean? You say no because you're like that's fucking dumb. <laughs> no, I don't see how it parallels though to the to the food. Because the same human that will go to the grocery store and pay the same money more over and over is the same person, the that, same buys person that buys cheap tires. Because they're they're dumb. It's different. <laughs> they're fucking. Well, ignorant. they don't see the value in it, I guess, and that's where I want to like double back. If I could just this, if this whole episode could just be me over and over saying. Do it right the first time. Because genetically, I'm cheap. Because I have a thinking cap. I'm not cheap. Yeah, but frugal and cheap are two different things. Yeah, but no, but my my point is, is I can see it in a fact that the guy that's cheap is like, what if that bull dies? What if I pop that tire? You see it, what if my freezer breaks and that, that beef all goes bad? It's a type. It's not, it's, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? It's an, that sounds like a, an attitude problem. It's an attitude. It's a fucking, it's, it's absolutely yeah. a fucking attitude problem. <laughs> like, right. you know, I mean, how many times have we witnessed that? It's a fucking attitude problem. You know, I mean, we've bought beautiful vehicles over and over again and done well on them. I, I you know, but I'm like aggressive and so, yeah. I don't sleep at night. So that's like a huge, you know. Yeah. But doing it right the first time will always pay the fucking bills. But they're not going to pay the bills today. They're going to pay the fucking bills next year. That's why we're poor right now. Because we constantly make wise decisions that are the right move. That in three years, you know, in like six months to three years, we'll have dividends from that. But for right now, I feel poor. So when we built our sugar house, I mean, that was a perfect example of 
I was scared to death. And you and and I will give this credit to my wife. She's like, if you need that to do it right, just do it. Do it one time. And I'm like, how the fuck are we gonna afford this? And you know, every time we've done that, honey, a year later, I'm not worried about the bill anymore. No, and we're so good. And, and I'm like, oh, like, this is fucking perfect. This we're always is, like, can you imagine if we didn't do this this, this way? This would have been dumb. It would have been so stupid. We should have done a history. Well, fuck it. Let's do it right now because okay. we're right in the middle of it. So. Um, 2004, um, my dad sold the milk cows, he milked 400 head. The whole facility previous to that in 1992 burned to the ground. Um, 2004, he sold the cows. Um, from the mental health aspect, there was a time in there where I seen a man get killed in a self-propelled chopper. Um, a cousin. Um, How old were you? I was 14. Okay. Just want to clarify that. Right. So, yeah, that was a dark age of, and then I had a cousin who um, committed suicide, and that was, like, a fucked up part of my life because I didn't really understand why. Like, I was afraid that that could be done without your... Like, the guy... Like, I didn't believe... You didn't realize it was, like, intentional or... Right. I believe that it was, like... An accident. I believed he, like... No, some, like, other force made him oh. do that. So it was super fucked. And then uh, a lot of, like, really bad shit happened and... Whatever. And we'll, we're going to talk about all of this. If you guys stick along, I promise we will. But anyway, so I graduated school in 2007. Me and my wonderful wife met each other in 2007 at Local Bike Fair. County Fair, yeah. FFA so, contest. yeah, she got in. We were lacking one person for the FFA contest. And a mutual friend went to school with me, got Erica. Erica came into our contest and we Joined won. Joined the team, saved the day, you know, the whole thing. That's aggressive. But we... <laughs> We ended up, she went home, we had a, a newspaper clipping of each other. She went home and told her mom that she met the cutest, sexiest, just unbelievably godsend, muscle-bound, <laughs> just fucking rigid, built like a tank farmer. <laughs> my microphone broke. I told my mother that I had met the cutest boy ever at the fair. Yep. True, true story. That is true. And then so I went off to college, but that'll be a whole nother fucking episode. That didn't pan. But anyhow, so that was the deal there. Then I quit after six weeks, came home. Erica decided she'd made a large mistake by not capitalizing on this wonderful investment, me. And then we dated for a while, for a, well, until you went off to college, which was fucking terrible. Because we felt like mad, mad in love, big time. And then we we dated for what two years? I have no idea. I think it was two solid years of college. We broke up for six months in the between, but I don't Christmas know how long time. It was, it was yeah. Christmas time to Fourth of July. It had to been near summer. And yeah. she was she like started to chase some other dick, and I came in and stomped that shit like that is mine. Yeah, and then we got back together, and then here we are. Tied the old knot in two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, and we're... JJ uh, was born in 2018. Mm-hmm. And now it's 2023. There's a lot of... I might have skipped over some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she'll do that because she's an introvert. We lost a preemie in 2019. And, like, three months earlier, we lost her sister. Mm-hmm. And then nearly lost me, really, at one point. Yeah, we were real close. Mm -hmm. Real fucking close. So, yeah. So, enough of that. Anyway, bullshit. that seems dark. Yeah. After all of that, we had really wanted to buy the farm. Because we're silly gooses. Yeah. 
Yeah, we really wanted to buy the farm, and so then some ultimatums were made. Yeah, we And we bought us. a convenience store and a fucking horse barn oh, in the yeah, middle of that whole that. deal, it so that was not important, but... Yeah, the convenience store was for a reason, and I'm glad we did that, but the horse barn, I felt like, was for more of a reason. Me, I'm the reason. Well, no, I know you're the reason, but, um... <laughs> But it was for a reason for like we had a place to stay when this fucking thing True, we were sideways. like, we need, if we're going to bail out of this barn, yeah, we it was, need to have a place it to was, live. To that point, we didn't really know yeah, if was there was a guaranteed place for us. Place yeah. for us. And, and, and I just want to say out loud that all of the things that we're going to talk about and say on this is not like shade or hate to my parents. It's, it's really just different people in different times. Yeah, it's just our experience and our and, perspective. And I think it. that because how much we've talked about it on TikTok, I think that people relate to it because what was I just telling you the other day that I was like, holy fuck, that sounds... It was the guy with the crops that his dad plowed his crops under. Yeah! Millennial yeah. Farmers, one of his recent podcasts, they're on like a break, but it was one of the most recent ones. The guy's name was Andy Jenkins. They called him Cajun. And he was talking about how when he went away to college, his dad, out of jealousy, had plowed his crops down um, and destroyed, like, his entire crop. And um, we were just like, oh, my God, like, that's... But it's a, like a relatable thing. We, we're not here to just blast people that we've come across. Like, that's not the intention at all. Yeah. It's just that based on what we have shared on TikTok, it's super relatable for a lot of you guys. And... It's important to note, too, that he said, you know, we're not trying to throw shade at anybody. Like, those people lived the same experience we did, but they didn't have the same experience we did. They had a different perspective on it altogether. So, I'm not, we're not saying that this is right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just right. through I... our lens, this is what happened, and this is maybe what we should have done differently, or what, what helped, what didn't help. It's just sharing of information for y'all. I think that... Probably after all of it, I mean, I think we need to talk about the juice and worth the squeeze. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and, and this is, you know, for, for whatever reason, the, and I always like give shit about the boomer thing. The boomers are fucked up. Like they're, and I don't know why, whether their parents like were war. It had to have been something in their childhood. Yeah. Across the board that like skewed their but, their perspective. But, I mean, if we're all going to be, like, huh, brutally honest, the boomers did all and got all every opportunity. I mean, you look back at what, go if you're 30 years old, talk about what your what your mom and dad paid for their home. Car. Fucking 30 grand? Their car was two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 for, like, a luxury automobile? To the same respect, go buy... Um, this house that we're sitting in right now was built in 1907. My great-grandfather, William, built this house, and he borrowed $2,000 from the bank to build it in 1907, and he almost lost it in the Great Depression. He couldn't could, pay the mortgage. fucking payment was like, I did the math on a five-year mortgage schedule. It was ridiculous. It was like, what, $8 a month? And he couldn't come, he was, I mean, he did, he never lost it, but he could have. For sure. I mean, you go to the fucking convenience store and you monster and a, a cupcake it and it's seven bucks, Seven bucks, you know, and, and then the boomers came along and they had some really revenue friendly years and, and had some cheap land. I mean, my dad. I think what people always talk about with the boomers is that their land appreciated 
steadily through their whole life. Like Which they could borrow again. Exactly. If you think it's something that you paid $500 for and every three years it's worth $500 more for 30 years and all at once you're borrowing, you know, on... Right, on, your equity is just... Yeah. Like, monumentally. But, with that respect, like, how the fuck is somebody our age supposed ever to supposed to buy into land? That's a whole Or ever thing. get started farming? Yeah, it's so hard. If I could do it again, we wouldn't. Right. We know that. Yeah. We know that. Like, there's a factual thing, podcast listeners. If I could do yeah. this again, in, fuck in that. In hindsight? Yeah, I don't think I would do it. I don't. You know, I think I would peace out. You know, I mean, I, I, we, where we ended up buying it was I, the ultimatum, but the offer I got made two months before the ultimatum still today looks really good, you know, so I don't think that we'd have bought it, Probably not. but now that we have it and we own it, I would say for the first time, I feel really comfortable, Yeah. you know, finding, I mean, we're fucking broke, but like different broke. Yeah. Broke of the future. Yeah, not like no money broke, but like not spending any money broke. Yeah. You spent $5,000 today. Tight shift. I did? You what did I do? You bought the fucking feeders. Oh, well, that was worth it. Yeah, and there's a pickup in the driveway that's going to cost us $58,000. That's a test drive. Yeah, that fucker ain't leaving, guarantee it. And that, well, so, so real quick, because we're probably going to run out of time I here, think, I'd yeah. say, but like have this math. So I bought you a truck january not i don't mean that anyway like i'm he the fucking it, provider he found it i found it at like 2 30 in the morning on marketplace yeah. i called the dealer we collectively pay our bills together yeah we're not like i don't mean that like i'm some misogynist asshole and he like, definitely didn't not make us pay for it like it's not like you know yeah but so we bought that truck it was a 2020 chevy gmc three-quarter ton diesel they had listed it as a work truck but it had a sunroof and leather seats and i knew that heated cooled everything and i called them right up and they had it listed for fifty-two thousand. and i said i'll send you the money well they said we got a guy coming to whatever fucked around for like a day and finally i got the thing bought and we put a warranty with it so i come home we come home with it for fifty-four thousand dollars and had twenty-four thousand miles on it and it was in um, Prince, Prince Frederick Ford. Prince Frederick Ford in Maryland, and went and grabbed it. Come home. She drove the wheels off the thing for three years. So the truck's got ninety-four thousand miles on it. The dealer is going to give us forty-eight minimum forty-eight thousand dollars for it. So we drove it all them miles for five grand, and we're going to buy you a Mini Max, a little Duramax, half ton. I did the math on that today. If eight more miles to the gallon on average, it saves us $300 a month in fuel over 48 months. I just think that, but it's a quality vehicle, and when we get done driving it, it's going to be worth 45 grand. I just, if there's anything to take away from this episode, is just fucking pay for it once, one and done. This is one of those things where it's like, if you could go back and talk to yourself when you were 16, what would you say? Tell yourself... To do things the right way. And it'll Shy dick gets no pussy. And, no. and it'll save you when you're older. Because it's expensive to be cheap. Oh, but not shy dick gets no Nothing pussy. Nothing about shy dick. My great buddy told me. No. All the time. He always says, remember Junior, shy dick gets no pussy. Okay. That's lovely. Yeah. So with that. So with that, let's move on. So our 
final segment we're going to do in these episodes is called This or That. And it's just a little bit of a get to know us thing where we're going to say this or that and then we'll kind of give our responses to the question just as a fun little way to get to know us. So our this or that for today is pineapple on pizza or candy corn. Candy corn is fucking disgusting. Satan's candy. And as far as pineapple on pizza, is the pineapple upside down? Hmm. Candy corn... I just saw a meme the other day online that said something about candy corn is basically for kids who used to eat crayons. <laughs> That's funny. I've never ate candy corn. No. But ever. also, just want to make sure everyone knows that candy corn, when stacked in the proper way, looks like an ear of corn. Because maybe you were this many years old. Because well, it's fucking that. candy corn. Well, no kidding. Why the but... fuck would it not look like corn? Well, I just thought it was candy for, a, like, a while. See, this is because you grew up in Holland. Whatever. Not near a Pineapple farm. on pizza. I've never had pineapple on pizza. That's good. It's I'm okay good. with pineapple as a rule. You ought to know what's good. I'm really not sure it belongs on pizza. Pineapple on a ham. Right. That's true. That's good. That shit's yeah. that tits. Candy corn is not good on anything. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely go with you on that. Right to the garbage. Yeah. But I bet Jay'd eat some. Oh, he'd eat the shit out of it. Kids are just something else. No, Jay is something else. Well, yeah, but he has a sweet tooth like you. I saw you at the chocolate fondue fountain today. Dude, I filled that shit up. <laughs> Can you imagine a chocolate? Like, that's just having that where pe like kids are going to play. Who cleans that? I think you just throw it out. I would hope so. Jesus. All right. Well, I'd say that's the end of her. I think so. Um, Cue the I, outro music. Neat. I hope you liked it, people. Stick with us. They'll get better. Yeah.